It's fantasy time. Uh, yeah, we're talking fantasy sports, not dear penthouse. But don't worry, winning your league is way better than porn. This is Fantasy Hockey Time with Dean Millard. Can you dig it? Presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. Can you dig it? Get in the game where you own the game. Joe owns the Chiefs. Owns. 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 Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Hockey Time, presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, and you are watching this show on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. My name is Dean Millard, and I'm here to try to help you win your league, or at least make it better and have a lot of fun. Uh, We start things off uh, on this show with uh, one question of the day. This is a serious message. Peace and love. Peace and love. And uh, we're going back to our uh, memories. Not exactly a fantasy hockey question, but uh, in honor of uh, Canada's hockey dad, as he was called by many people over this past week, Walter Gretzky passing away. I want to know what your favorite hockey memory is that you shared with your dad. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Walter Gretzky a few times and uh, interviewing him for different things. I emceed a night in his honor out in Camrose one evening. It was one of the best nights uh, that we can remember. We pulled the pictures out the other day. So much fun. Um, so that's what kind of inspired this question is memories um, on the ice or at the game with your dad. Mine isn't an on the ice memory. It's uh, driving into Winnipeg at least once a year uh, to watch uh, the Oilers play. I was an Oilers fan growing up, and I wanted to see that guy, Andy Moog, uh, the number 35. Instead, I always saw that guy, Grant Fuhrer, which I appreciate now. Back then, I was not a Grant Fuhrer fan because every time I went to see Moog, Fuhrer played. Then when he went to Boston, Lemlin played. I didn't see Moog play live until he was in Dallas in uh, 1997 or something like that. Uh, or, or in, uh, earlier than that. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was great to, to be able to uh, drive in and uh, have the time on the drive in. It's a two-hour drive from Brandon to Winnipeg and the drive home with my dad. It was uh, it was really a lot of fun. And I, and I was just telling my wife the other day, I don't know how the, you would get tickets back then. We would look at the newspaper and look at the schedule because there was no, no internet. So I just, uh, you know, he had to get uh, Flyers tickets for my one brother, Washington Capitals if they came for my other brother. So wasn't easy, but I appreciate my dad uh, going all out and uh, doing that. So that's my memory of uh, something to do with hockey and when it comes to uh, my father and as we uh, all mourn the passing of Walter Gretzky, you can chime in with your answer at Duck Millard on Twitter. And that's where you can have your say with our question of the day. All right, big thanks to our title sponsor, Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. It's the most realistic, it's the highest stakes fantasy platform out there. The UFHL nearly mimics everything about the NHL, including a scouting program and a prize pool. It's getting up to 50K. As well, an expansion franchise 
was recently auctioned off for $10,000 U.S. You did hear me correctly. But it's not just fantasy hockey franchises that you're buying because you also get an AHL team. UFFS is on the Zillica blockchain. So they aren't just fantasy players you're drafting. They're NFTs, digital assets. Right now, we have the UFHL and the UFAHL covering off the American Hockey League. And the Ultimate Fantasy Golf Association was just announced as well. So get in the game where you own the game. Follow at UFF Sports and at UFS Network on Twitter to find out a whole lot more about uh, the future of fantasy, combining fantasy sports and the blockchain. This is what we got going for you in the lineup today. We'll have three and a half stars of the week and a couple of Vegas Golden Knights stole the show. We'll give you five lineup decisions, guys that you shouldn't trade yet. One guy in particular, I'm going to give you some advice to hold on to him. Who's in and out on the MASH 4077 unit as far as injuries and one big suspension to tell you about. My bold prediction is about an oiler. Fantasy Island, I will be voting a player on and off. My fantasy beef, well, should I even tease that? Yeah, okay. It's a it's a category that is widely used that I don't agree with. And it's not plus minus. That, I'll, I'll save that one for another day. And in rules of engagement, uh, I'm going to talk about... Uh, Making fantasy owners or GMs pay for the signings they make uh, if you are in uh, some sort of uh, contract league. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But how do you get a hold of me? You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I'm the only one in the marsh here right now. Uh, where I record record all of my shows uh, for the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Here's how you can get in touch with me. Hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. Also give a follow to at UFS Network. You can email me, fantasyhockeytimepod at gmail.com or email the network UFSN at UFFsports.com and you can find uh, past episodes and much more at fantasyhockeytime.com. Dot com. So that is how you get in touch with us, and this is how we kick things off. Game on! Face off! Love the Blades of Steel. So let's get things going with the three and a half stars of the week. Three stars and an honorable mention. I always like to work somebody else in there, and uh, that somebody else this week was Philip Forsberg. Could have been a, uh, one of the three stars if it wasn't for a terrific goaltending performance from Thatcher Demko. But Forsberg had a goal and six assists, uh, and three of those points were on the power play. So you get bonus points for that. He racks them up for you. 18 shots as well. Not a great shooting percentage, but he still put the puck on the net for sure. He also had five hits and three blocks, and everybody around him is dropping with the uh, Predators right now. Uh, you'll see the MASH 4077 unit a little bit later. That includes a couple of Predators. Uh, the third star of the week, I'm going with Thatcher Demko. Uh, Vasilevsky made this grade last week. He was really good again. But Thatcher Demko, he was the best goalie this week. Uh, 3-0, and uh, a shutout. 
and a 969% uh, save percentage. He also faced a lot of rubber, and he stared down what most people are saying is the best team in the North, and uh, by the standings, uh, that's the case. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs went through and just just totally shut down, uh, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl to the tune of one assist for Dreisaitl. The Oilers scored only one goal in that entire three-game series. And then Thatcher Demko just shuts them down. He just, uh, you know, it was unbelievable. Just three goals against in three games. As I said, one of them was a shutout. And he faced the third amount of shots in the past week uh, at 98 98 shots in uh, three games for Thatcher Demko. Only Tristan Jari, who had 99 shots, and uh, Pekka Rene, who had faced 125 shots. Pekka Rene and Philip Forsberg, the only guys uh, standing, doing uh, getting anything done uh, for the Preds these days. So Thatcher Demko comes in at uh, the third star for me, and then it's a pair of Vegas Golden Knights. And, man, I, I love watching the Vegas Golden Knights. Their games start late out here in Alberta. It's perfect. I consider it quality family time as my brother hosts the games, uh, so that's kind of fun. Uh, and uh, I get to watch former Week Kings uh, in uh, Mark Stone. Uh, and Max Pacioretty, by the way, was the second star. We'll get to Mark Stone in a second. But Max Pacioretty, four goals, four assists this week, 24 shots on goal. 24 shots on goal. Uh, when you do math, that's six shots per game. See, I told my math teacher that uh, I would get something out of math one day. Also had two game-winning goals. Depending if your league gets bonus points for that and two overtime goals. So depending on your structure, you could also be cashing in there as well. Uh, no penalty minutes uh, for Pacioretty. Mark Stone, two goals, eight assists. He had the five-point night against the Minnesota Wild. Seven points in the first two games against the Wild. He only had five shots on goal. So Max Pacioretty has four goals, firing the puck from anywhere. Mark Stone, much more selective. But one of his two goals was a game winner, so also uh, bonus points. Um, if you get uh, points for takeaways, Mark Stone had four of those, if that's a league stat. And he's such a smart player, he will rack those up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Stone... Um, is one of the leaders in that category at season's end. Very, very smart player defensively and offensively and becoming one of the better all-around forwards uh, in, the, in the National Hockey League. So kudos to uh, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, probably the most entertaining team in the league to watch right now uh, just because uh, the, the styles are so awesome and, and run and gun. So... Good stuff on that. Now let's get to five lineup decisions for the coming week. And uh, the first guy we should talk about that we're going to talk about is Paul Stashney. Right now, he is on the top line with Shifley and Wheeler and has been there for the past three games. Could be some shuffling with Kyle Connor at some point, but he took the place of Pierre-Luc Dubois. And Stastny uh, has been, uh, if he has been in and out of your lineup for the last little while, it's time to lock him in. At least, uh, you know, like even even on the uh, the second line, depending on your, your depth, in the second line of Winnipeg, you're getting some pretty good production. But when you play with Shifley and Wheeler, you're really, really going to get some chances. So with those top line minutes uh, in three games, Stastny 
has three goals on seven shots. So ride Paul Stastny, get him in the lineup. Uh, you know, he might be a guy where you might have, uh, you know, the better options for the, for the whole year. But if you, if you're not, if you don't have him in your lineup because you have some other guys, you think you're better. I'd be rethinking that right now until maybe he gets taken off that top line or something like that. So, I I think Paul Stastny's a you know if you're in a weekly league or something like that you got to have some really really good depth if he's not in your lineup but who knows there's some pretty good teams out there the second guy is Jesse Puljujarv and uh, he scored the only goal or to, to scored the goal to get the goal earliest going uh, the other night four goals in his last nine contests and like all Oilers he struggled against the Maple Leafs they only scored one goal in that series but this is what I found very interesting. So the other night against the Flames in the Battle of Alberta, uh, the Oilers, you know, didn't have a whole lot going. So Dave Tippett goes to, in case of need, break glass and put McDavid and Dreisaitl together. That's what he did. So when the lines get shuffled up, McDavid and Dreisaitl, the the two, the you know, the one-two combination, I think the two best players in the league right now, um, as far as offense, they're, they're not the most complete players yet, but uh, McDavid, uh, what more can I say? And, and Dreisaitl, I think, is the best passer in the league and has had a 50-goal season and would have had another one last year. So you put those two guys together, and who stays on that line? Polio Yarvi. I, I, you know, there, there weren't a lot of people that would have been predicting that, and rightfully so, at the start of the season. But there were a lot of people that were predicting that he was just going to be a bust and it wasn't going to work, and you know here he is scoring goals again, playing with the, in my opinion, the two best players in the league. So it, it, it's he's only going to get rewarded more. He was put out with those guys, and he produced, and it's infectious. Uh, it seems to be go through right through the lineup. So he has seven goals and almost sixty shots, and fifty hits so far. So he's also filling out those other categories. I didn't have him in my lineup last week, which is which is good overall because. They basically got skunked by the Leafs, but he's in my lineup in my weekly league. Unfortunately, it's a weekly league, but he'll be in my lineup uh, coming up this week, and I'll have more on what I think he'll do uh, in our bold predictions a little bit later. How about Oliver Wallstrom? Uh, you know, earlier in the year, uh, it, Jacob Chikrin was kind of the the hot guy who got off, you know, was was putting up points and putting up points as a young player. Uh, now, uh, on you know, on a different team in a different position, you got Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, getting some stuff done. It's interesting when you look at his overall season, he scores in the very first game. Then he goes 10 without a goal. He had a few assists here and there. And then in the last seven games, he's back hot again. Three goals and three assists. Half of those points are on the power play as the Islanders' second power play unit is really clicking right now. And Wallstrom is getting it done. He only has 86 pro hockey games, and I know some people were, you know, curious or whatever, but he's a 2018 pick. So, you know, just because he hasn't busted in the league, I think people get really, really anxious uh, about uh, getting players into the league really, really fast. So this is a guy who's starting to look pretty good uh, with the Islanders uh, uh, who have, uh, I think, won uh, five in a row uh, right now. So 
he's probably you know if you're if you're in a a keeper league well he's you know you have four guys in 10 teams or something like that he's he's not going to be owned so if, you know i don't know if i would be stashing him depending on what your roster looks like but in daily leagues he would be a guy to maybe pick up if you have somebody expendable and try to kind of ride him for the next few games to see if it goes and keeps producing he's only owned in 6% of the leagues in uh, Yahoo Sports. So he's in one of my CBS leagues, uh, but he's in the uh, a player's minor league system, which is where you, you know, you would kind of expect going into this season. We can bump guys up if we want to during the season, and maybe he will get bumped up if he keeps going. But uh, it's interesting. If you're in a daily league you and, and the Islanders uh, are, are playing that night, it might be worth uh, putting in a claim on him and uh, trying to see if you can get a few points out of him because he's certainly uh, getting it done right now. And uh, speaking of that, Ilya Sorokin's uh, stock is on the rise. Barry Trotz has said the Russians' workload is about to increase. He has won his last four starts, two shutouts in those four starts, and has given up just four goals. So a guy that has given up a goal per game on average in his last four starts is going to get more ice time. As mentioned, five in a row for the Islanders. Semyon Varlamov has started 18 of the 25 games so far for New York. And as Trotz alluded to, it sounds like that is about to change. I've always been leery on Varlamov. He's had some really good stretches, uh, but when he's not good or whether it's a focus issue, I, I wouldn't have a clue, but he seems to get uh, go into these periods where he's really inconsistent. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he's had some, some really good moments. Uh, I think he's actually been better in, uh, in uh, New York than he was in Colorado. But it looks like Sorokin is going to get more and more ice time. So if you have both, that's great. Uh, the only drawback with Sorokin right now is he's not facing a lot of shots. 26 shots is the highest amount of shots that he's faced in the last four games. But getting wins and goals against or good save percentage, whatever other goalie categories that you might have, and obviously the shutouts. Um, you know, in, in one of our leagues, if you get a shutout with a goalie, there's a good chance you're winning that. That's an actual category, so it's a good chance you're going to be winning that. So guy that has two in the last four games is uh, pretty impressive. And the last thing that uh, I'm going to recommend for a lineup decision is hold on to Taylor Hall. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on in Buffalo. When Ralph Kruger was in Edmonton and I was covering the Oilers, I thought he was a really great communicator. Every player that I talked to about him loved playing for him. Um, I thought it was a massive mistake that the Oilers let him go. Then he goes and does some really good things uh, on the pitch and at the uh, the World Cup of Hockey with uh, you know this this thrown together team. And I wasn't surprised that he got back in the NHL. I'm just shocked at how badly it is going. I don't know what is rotten in Buffalo, but something. What I would say about Taylor Hall is he's going to get traded to a contender. He signed a one-year deal. So he's getting traded on or before that April 12th deadline. I don't know why the Sabres, they're, they're, you know, and listen, there might be a lot of teams, if, if the Sabres can create a bidding war, then they get lucky. If not, then they just got to get something for him. So, He's going to be motivated. So I, you know, as long as you can stash him on your bench and you have room, don't. I would not be uh, trading Taylor Hall. Uh, and if you are, um, you, you're not a contender, then then wait till the deadline. You no, know, you don't have to worry about uh, 
quarantining players in fantasy hockey. So if you have Taylor Hall and you're a playoff contender, I would recommend holding on to him. He's going to be motivated, trying to get a new contract for next year, maybe a long-term deal, or maybe just, you know, signs these kind of like little mercenary contracts one, two year and goes around to try to win a title, but he's, he's going to get dealt. And, um, so, so yeah, don't, don't be, don't be selling low right now on Taylor Hall and, you know, try to convince your trade partner that his value is going to go up after the deadline. Cause I, I think it is, I think that, uh, I think Taylor Hall is going to, um, improve, as the year goes on, and uh, I think because he's going to be a little bit more motivated to try and get a uh, pretty good deal. So there are my five lineup decisions and recommendations. Uh, work Stastny uh, into your lineup for sure. Uh, keep Jesse Pogliarvi going uh, as the Oilers. Uh, hopefully we'll get it going. Watch Oliver Wallstrom. Pick him up in some uh, daily leagues if you're out there. Uh, Sorokin for the Islanders, and uh, hold on to Taylor Hall. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. Just a flesh wound. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible. All right. Well, Colorado Avalanche fans and uh, certainly uh, GMs and uh, team owners that uh, have been leaning heavily on Nathan McKinnon have to be disappointed right now. Uh, he is day-to-day, miss Saturday, might miss Monday. Um, Bednar said uh, they expect him to miss a few games. 22 points in 19 games. So sorry if you're sorry for your luck if you have McKinnon and you're in a weekly league and you have to commit to him on Monday. Still the dumbest, one of the dumbest things, and I you know railed on it last week on the first episode of this show. That, you know, like I had Markstrom and Antti Ranta as goaltenders. Both of them were injured, and because their teams played a game, they were both locked out. Then I couldn't start one for the rest of the week. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So, sorry if that's your case in, uh, in with Nathan McKinnon, because he, he, you know, could be out for a few games. Maybe he returns, though. Definitely uh, be checking before the uh, games lock in at usually 5 o'clock mountain time, 7 o'clock Eastern. Tom Wilson, uh, you saw the hit for the on Brandon Carlo, who is also out uh, with, uh, you know, who knows uh, how long. But Tom Wilson receives a seven-game suspension, not so much an injury. The hit resulted in an injury. Uh, but if you have Tom Wilson, who is, you know, a fairly well-rounded fantasy player for the points and hits and penalty minutes, if those are a category. Uh, so Tom Wilson will not be available for the next little while. And then uh, you look at what's going on with the Nashville Predators, and you got Matt Duchesne out three to five weeks with a lower body injury. He was placed on IR on Saturday. Ryan Ellis is also out four to six weeks with an upper body injury in Nashville. Nashville. Elias Pettersson, day-to-day, did not play uh, Sunday versus Montreal, so check his status uh, for, or Saturday it was, uh, against Montreal. Check his status for uh, Monday night and see what happens uh, for, uh, you know, the uh, the most uh, gifted player uh, in uh, Vancouver uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, although they do have some pretty good players surrounding him. And Nico Heischer, we told you about him last week. He took a puck in the face. It actually hit his visor uh, and, you know, did a lot of damage. He has a concussion, so he's been moved to IR. He just was named captain 
in New Jersey. So he is week to week right now. Everybody knows you don't mess around with concussions, so they're going to take that very seriously. Also, keep an eye on Alex Petrangelo. Blocked a shot on Saturday night. Uh, was said to be day-to-day, so check his status uh, for Monday night. And it's interesting, the kind of, you know, Petrangelo goes from being in St. Louis and all being the main guy for the most part, gets a, a new deal and ends up in Vegas. And he's, you know, Craig Button and I talked about this the other day on uh, Tracking the Draft, how he's not that guy that's, you know, always jumping in and flash and dash. He's just more controlling the play. Che Theodore has kind of taken over the big kind of offensive role in uh, Vegas. Uh, you know, I have him in one of my leagues, tried to get him in another, and uh, the owner was like, nope, yeah, this guy is uh, untouchable. Uh, so that was uh, unfortunately no deal, no dice for me on uh, trying to get uh, Shea Theodore. So that is the MASH 4077 unit. Uh, we will have bold predictions and Fantasy Island in just one second. This is Fantasy Hockey Time with Dean Millard. Uh, Fantasy Hockey Time is part of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, your one-stop fantasy sports shop. We are building something all fantasy fans will love, and we're looking for quality programming to join us. Reach out if you're interested in being part of the rotation, whether you have a daily, weekly, or even monthly show. If it's about fantasy sports, we'd love to chat. Follow at UFF Sports at UFH League, and at UFS Network for more information on how you can own the game. So get in the game where you own the game by following at UFS Network. Hear me now and believe this later. Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. We want to pump you up. All right. Well, I'm going to try and uh, pump up your fantasy team this week with a bold prediction. Uh, unfortunately, my prediction of Tuka Rask and a bunch of shutouts from this week didn't work. He got shut out today, and it's so weird. You know, if you're in multiple fantasy leagues, you know that sometimes your players are facing each other. Well... <laughs> Today, I was thinking Tuka Rask has a really good chance of getting the win against New Jersey. Maybe gets a shutout. Instead, Scott Wedgwood shut out the Bruins for New Jersey. I have him in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Big 12.5-point day, but we're last place. We're playing for next year. We're rebuilding, so... Fantasy worked against me today as I was really hoping for a big night this week, a big week from Tuka Rask. All right, as for my bold prediction, here it is. If you're watching on UFSN, if you're not, why not? This is my bold prediction. Yessi Pugliarvi is going to score four goals in a three-game series versus the Senators. 
The Oilers play the Sens for the uh, their first three games of this week. Uh, I don't I don't know who the uh, the fourth game. Maybe it's Vancouver. I want to say it's Vancouver, but uh, I'm I'm just uh, checking right now to see. Yeah, it's the uh, the Canucks is their fourth game. But in the first three games, Pulyarvi, who is most certainly going to be staying with at least McDavid, and I don't know if Dave Tippett's going to start rolling McDavid and Drysaitel together for a few games just to get things flowing again. I don't know, but I am making a bold prediction that. Jesse Pugliarvi will score four goals in the three-game series versus the Ottawa Senators. So there you go. What's your bold prediction? Hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. Let me know what you think for a bold prediction this week when it comes to fantasy. Welcome to Fantasy Island. All right, time to vote. Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Janie, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. Get him a uniform. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you, and you. Thank you, Homer. Um, the uh, voting uh, on and off of uh, Fantasy Island has completed, and uh, here is what's happening with that. I am voting on to Fantasy Island, Tyler Toffoli of the Montreal Canadiens. Three goals in his past three games, also has an assist, and he's uh, heading to play the Vancouver Canucks, uh, where he always seems to have some success. So uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, also uh, picks up uh, some pretty good shots on goal, uh, the odd hit and some blocks. Uh, He had uh, five hits most recently against Ottawa. So that's why I voted him on to Fantasy Island. I actually picked him up most recently in my uh, Yahoo League as he became available. And I have Brendan Gallagher, too. And those two guys are playing pretty well. You know, I I think they've been pretty impressive uh, for the Habs, notwithstanding uh, the other night. But, yeah, so that's who I'm voting on. And I'm voting off Ryan Ellis because he is injured. As I told you in uh, MASH 4077, uh, we've got Ryan Ellis out four to six weeks. Uh, and I think Ryan Ellis is a great defenseman. I I really do. But, you know, the season is way too short to be keeping somebody who is on the shelf for four to six weeks. Uh, so that's why Ryan Ellis has been voted off of Fantasy Island. This is Fantasy Hockey Time with Dean Millard. When you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. All right, Fantasy Hockey Time is presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. It is easily the most realistic fantasy platform around. The Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, that's the league uh, that we're in, the UFHL, mimics almost everything about the NHL. From a scouting program, yeah, we've listed in the scouting program players eligible for 2023. This is deep, deep fantasy. We also have seven-game playoff series. So when your league wraps up in a couple of weeks, like our trade deadline 
in a lot of my other leagues is like March 28th. Our trade deadline in the UFHL, same as the NHL. And then we go into the playoffs. And what happens if the franchises that don't make the team, there's a playoff redraft. So we get to take players from those teams that are on it. So let's say the uh, Oilers make the playoffs, but the franchise in the UFHL that has McDavid and Dreisaitl didn't for some reason, those players would be drafted onto the playoff teams. And and if your player gets drafted onto a playoff team and that team wins, you get a portion of the winnings. It's just so next level, it's not even funny. And they aren't just fantasy players. They're NFTs, digital assets. You're hearing a lot about NFTs right now. And if you don't know what they are, do some Googling and get in the game because we're on the Zillica blockchain and you can bid, trade, buy all these players from teams to scouting platforms on the Zillica blockchain. With UFFS, you own the game. So get in the game. Follow us at UFF Sports, at UFH League, and here on the UFSN, the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, the Twitter information is at UFS Network. So much going on right now. It's unbelievable. Am I hot? Yeah, I'm hot. Get some bull crap. I'm your huckleberry. Well, we're waiting. That's a crock of crap. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Boy, that escalated quickly. Uh, indeed, it did. Uh, so uh, in uh, Fantasy Beef, uh, what I'm going with uh, today is uh, penalty minutes as a stat category. Why? Why do we have penalty minutes as a stat category? When has a tripping penalty really turned things around? Oh, the Oilers are down by two, and Alex Chason takes a tripping penalty, and man, that really turned things around. No, you don't ever hear that. What do you hear of? Wow, that was a really good fight by Dar- with Darnell Nurse and Milan Lucic. You know, just going back to Saturday. Fights can turn team uh, and games and and things and momentum around not tripping penalties i don't know like sure killing off a penalty uh is is something but i don't know how you work that in as a stat you should not get rewarded for your player taking a stupid penalty if you have kyler yamamoto and and he took that slew foot penalty the other night why should you get rewarded by that why should you get rewarded for that cheap shot that Tom Wilson threw up? Why? Why, why, why would they do that? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Two-minute minors are, are silly to reward points for. Here's what I would argue with. Fighting majors. Fighting majors are a way to actually turn a game around. Now, I realize that penalty minutes are there just to make players more, um, you know, more more well-rounded. But why? Why are we saying, like, when you get a minus, it's a negative? Just like when you take a penalty, that's not considered a good thing. And how do you sit there and decide what's a good and a bad penalty? So I don't know why penalty minutes are there. Like, you know, listen, we look at guys that take a lot of penalties. When I used to play Stratomatic Hockey, Their intimidation factor was based on penalty minutes. Gerard Glant, Pat Verbeek, those guys were double A. That means they could get a lot of penalties and did. 
But those guys fought a lot. Does taking a lot of minor penalties really correlate to toughness? And I, I, I don't know. I just, I just have a hard time thinking penalties, two-minute penalties should add to something. Like, they should almost be a negative. Your guy takes a two-minute penalty, that's a negative for your team. Like an error in baseball. I would love to add errors into my baseball league, but the you know the the guys that are afraid of new and change don't want anything to do with it. So I just don't see penalty minutes as uh, as a great category. Fighting majors, yes, I would go with that because you still have some players out there that are skilled. It's going to take away from a lot, like. You know, I don't know, like you're not drafting Elias Patterson to get uh, penalty minutes. So that's the way I would look at it. Hits for sure as well. And I know that a lot of arenas are subjective uh, for shots sometimes and hits, but you use shots when it comes to uh, players and you use shots on goal when it comes to goalies. So hits, should I think, should be a no-brainer. We have blocks in one of my leagues and not hits. I don't I don't understand it. Um you know, I'm not saying shot blocking isn't a skill, but hitting is also a skill, even though it's subjective. So that's my fantasy beef. Do you have one? Let me know at Duck Millard on Twitter if you have a fantasy beef. I would love to hear it. Uh, I would love to give you a prize, but I don't have one. Uh, I did get a great T-bone, though, at Acme Meats. Free plug for my friend Corey the Butcher. Uh, T-bones are awesome, and we still have lots left over um, for breakfast in the morning. We had some pork sausages from him as well. So tying it in with Fantasy Beef, go see uh, Corey the Butcher at Acme Meats and uh, get some great stuff. So that's my Fantasy Beef. Penalty minutes as a stat, they just do not make sense to me at all. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. I don't think it taints it. What you talk about, mister? All you have to do is follow three simple rules. All right. Thank you, Mr. Dalton. Um, this is a rule that uh, we have in um, our fantasy baseball league. I tried to get uh, Commissioner Jamie Thomas of uh, Jets Radio Broadcasts uh, to implement it in football, and um, it would never get implemented in hockey because the guys in that league are scared of change. So, But in our one baseball league, it's really interesting, and, and this was my idea. This was my rule. I brought it forward, and uh, when Jamie was the commissioner, he brought it in. Uh, so when you sign, in our leagues, it's a dynasty contract league. So, you know, whatever your salary cap is, 48 years, 52 years, depending on the sport. In our league, you can sign a player from a one, two, three, or four-year deal. In baseball, if you sign a guy to a four-year deal, you cannot release him until the final year. And this has burned me. I had uh, Addison Russell of the Cubs. He was in the minor leagues. He wasn't even playing for like two years. I couldn't get rid of him. And so there are, there are you know, I, I just think it, it, it forces you to think, okay, do I want, is this guy going to be four years? Okay, you have Mike Trout. Yeah, you're going to sign him to a four-year deal. You got Fernando Tatis Jr. You're signing that guy to a four-year deal. Like you're, you're doing that. Um, you could re-sign guys once as well in that league. So, but it makes you think, you know, do, do you want to go four years with this guy who may not be, but then you're also losing that guy a year earlier. So I think it's great. Others don't. I'd actually like to, uh, I'm, I'm the commissioner of that baseball league now, and I might introduce an amendment if it gets passed in, that you could buy your way out. 
So whatever the league fee is, I think our league fee is 100 bucks. Half of the league fee, you pay that, and maybe goes into the prize pot. So I know it's, it's kind of a neat thing. I think it puts a little bit of responsibility on the owners and the GMs of these uh, fantasy teams to not just throw four-year deals at them all the time. So it's kind of neat. Uh, I'd love to hear some uh, rules and different things uh, from some of your leagues uh, that you're involved in, always looking to try to improve the league. And uh, we will... Uh, we will have much more of this uh, on uh, the Monday mornings that we spend together as we roll along. So that's it. That uh, has been uh, another edition of Fantasy Hockey Time presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. They just launched golf on Sunday. The Ultimate Fantasy Golf Association. It is going to be next level. I can't wait to see what other sports they're going to be diving into. But it is easily the most realistic, the high stakes, highest stakes of uh, fantasy hockey. I mean, in your league that you consider high stakes, did an expansion team sell for $10,000 US? Because that's what happened last Sunday. A week ago Sunday, or Monday rather, a week ago today, a franchise sold for 10000 US. Because again, these are digital assets. They're NFTs on the Zillica blockchain, the best blockchain in the business. No doubt about it. All right, that means it is time to wrap things up for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in here on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can contact me at fantasyhockeytimepod at gmail.com and check out podcastalley.ca for some of my past shows. Fantasy Hockey Time is part of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. UFSN is your one-stop sports fantasy shop. Follow along on Twitter at UFSNetwork.com and find us find UFSN on YouTube. If you have a fantasy show, hit us up and join the fun. This has been Fantasy Hockey Time, helping you win your league and make it better. We'll chat again uh, next Monday for this show. We'll have Tracking the Draft with Craig Button on Wednesday as we look towards the 2021 NHL Draft. And, of course, uh, we will have UFHL now on Friday. Two Minute Tuesday comes out tomorrow and a UFFS podcast in another week or so. Thanks very much. Have yourself a good week in fantasy.